Welcome to Real Church for Real People. You glad to be at church today? Yeah. So amazing to have you with us this weekend. And if you're here for the first time, very, very glad uh, that you came. This weekend is a little bit unique. I'm traveling with my family this week, so I am recording this message live in front of our Journey Leadership Institute evening program leaders. So make some noise, evening program leaders in the room. Yeah. Love these guys. Very proud of them. They are all about to graduate from our leadership intensive. And by the way, if you're looking for an opportunity to take your leadership to the next level, if you feel like you want to lead more in the marketplace or in church and want to develop the character and skills to be a leader, we'll be opening up applications for our fall evening program in just a few weeks. So be on the lookout for that. So as we jump into this message this weekend, you know, it's kind of the start of the summer season. And I was thinking about this experience I had when I was in sixth grade. When I was in sixth grade, I fell in love. So how many of us in sixth grade, by, by the time you were in sixth grade, you just, you just knew you were in love? We always know by age 11, right? It's, that's just, we're very mature by that age, and we know who we're in love with. And uh, her name was Lori. Uh, I feel like all these years later, it's safe uh, to use her real name. So that is her real name. Haven't, haven't <laughs> talked to her in many years. Uh, and I don't think Lori and I had ever had more than a three-second conversation uh, leading up to this, but I knew I was in love just from a distance. Um, I knew that we were supposed to be together. But unfortunately, I also had competition. My competition was a guy named Dean. Now, what you need to know about Dean, also his real name, uh, I may get an email this week, but <laughs> Dean was taller than me. He wore cooler clothes. And he was also taller than me, in case I left out that detail, like a lot taller than me. Basically, everyone was taller than me at the time. Uh, but I decided that I was going to go for it anyway. I was going to show my love by getting Lori a gift. So I went to the store, and I spent my hardly earned money on a beautiful necklace for Lori. I chose it. I, I agonized over it. I knew it was just the right necklace. And I imagined in my mind that when I presented Lori with this gift, she was going to respond with unbridled gratitude and just sheer joy. Maybe a kiss on the cheek. My mom's watching this, but um, maybe a little kiss. I just knew that as soon as she got this necklace, she would profess her love for me. She would say something like, oh, you know, Mark, I've, I've been waiting for months for this to happen. I've just been watching you across the classroom, and I just, I also feel everything that you feel. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is what I imagine in my mind. None of that happened. Uh, I think Lori might have mumbled a half-hearted thank you before she went right back to talking with Dean. So that's how that went down. And uh, yeah, I failed. I, I, I missed. I, I went for it, and uh, I just didn't accomplish what I hoped to accomplish in sixth grade. You know, whatever we believe about God, whatever our faith story has looked like, up until this moment in our lives, it is all too easy in life, isn't it? Just to not take the risk, to not go all in. It's just easier sometimes to sit back and play it safe. And I think we often wonder, how do I get the maximum out of life while risking the minimum? How do I get the most out of this relationship but risk the least? How do I get the most out of this sophomore year of college but risk the least? How do I get the most out of my job but risk the least. And I get it because the risk is real. I mean, I just told you a story about how I took a risk, had that vulnerable time in my life, 
and failed. It didn't work out. But what if, here's the question, this weekend, again, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, what if one day the regret that we will all have potentially in life is not some moment when we went all in and it didn't work, but some season when we didn't go all in, so we'll never know. We'll just never know if it might have paid off. So I love reading the Bible, and not just because I'm a pastor. I love reading the Bible because it's fascinating. For many of us, we've only maybe thought of the Bible as some kind of book filled with old stories, but when you really begin to read God's Word, it's fascinating. And if you're new to the Bible, it's divided into two major sections. There's the Old Testament, which is everything before Jesus came, and there's the New Testament, which is after Jesus came. And in the Old Testament, there is a kingdom. It's very important to understand this. When you read the Old Testament of the Bible, there's a kingdom called Israel that for a long season, hundreds of years, has a series of kings. And alongside those kings, there are also prophets who are people who hear from God and they speak on God's behalf. And in one place in the Old Testament, one of these prophets, a guy named Elisha, who has just an extraordinary life story, gets a visit from one of the kings. And here's how it goes down. We read about this in the Old Testament. When Elisha was in his last illness, King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. So even though Elisha is this prophet of God, he's a man who's very close to God, has God's blessing on his life, God's favor on his life, the writer tells us that he's in his last illness, which means he's been sick before. So even though he's close to God, following God has not been a way to escape pain for him. We talked a lot about this in the series we just wrapped up last weekend, Good Grief, that even though we experience many of the blessings of God when we get close to God, we still experience pain in this life. And that was Elisha's story. And then what's interesting about Jehoash is if you look at the rest of his life, he actually isn't that great a king. So when you kind of study it out and you look at who Jehoash was, he has a long track record of being half-hearted in his devotion to God. He's not really a man of, of integrity. He's not a great leader. He kind of lets God's people down. But in this particular moment, he comes to Elisha. He's grieving. He looks up to Elisha as a spiritual leader in his life. And Elisha told him, get a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow, and Elisha laid his own hands on the king's hands. Now, I'm not an archer. I have some friends who, uh, who like go bow hunting. I've never been bow hunting, uh, and I don't know if I would know what to do. I have f shot, fired, I have used a bow. <laughs> When I was in high school, we did some kind of archery thing, and I did fire a bow, probably not as well as Dean would have, <laughs> but I did shoot a bow. But I would, I would definitely need a refresher course, all right? I wouldn't know exactly what to do. Someone handed me a bow right now, just not something I do regularly. Jehoash probably knew how to shoot a bow, but in this moment, he needs help. And really what's going on is not a skill issue, it's a spiritual issue, as we'll see in a moment. But here's what Elisha does. I want you to notice this. He directs Jehoash, he tells him what to do, 
But then he demonstrates it as well. He tells Jehoash, get this bow, and then he puts his own hands on top of Jehoash's hands, and he helps him hold this bow and hold the arrow in place. Did you know that you are never going to reach your full potential alone? It's not going to happen. All of us, and this is how God designed us and how God designed us to grow spiritually and practically and relationally and, and in our careers and in our, in our, our, our lives and our desires, our dreams. He, des- he designed us to grow through community with other people and all of us need someone in our lives who can give us both direction and demonstration, who can tell us, here's the best way to approach this season of your life And let me help you. Let me show you how this can look. When I was 15, a guy in the church that I went to asked me to serve. He was the first person who ever saw potential in my life to make a difference in someone else's life. And it was a simple thing, but it changed the course of my life. He asked me to get involved in what God was doing in that little church that I went to As a teenager, I had just put my faith in Jesus a few months before, and this guy came to me and he said, hey, I want you to serve. I started serving in kids' ministry. That was the first place that I served, and I had an opportunity to to do something that would make a difference, to be honest with you, probably before I was really ready. But someone took a risk on me. And can I tell you, all of us need that. We don't just need direction, we need demonstration. And that's what this guy did. He directed me, he told me, here's what I want you to do, I want you to serve. But then he demonstrated for me, this is what it can look like. He became a mentor to me in the process. We all need that. But to have that in our lives, we have to decide whether or not we're willing to submit to that process. And you know when the rubber hits the road? When someone tells us what to do. And that's this moment for Jehoash. Elisha tells him what to do, and he makes a good decision. He does what this person he trusts instructs him to do. You know, we have built this church, this community of faith, around some very simple environments that work to help us grow spiritually when we engage in them consistently. We gather, just like we're doing right now, We connect in small groups, we call them J groups, doing life with other people, go in the same direction spiritually. We serve, we use the gifts and the talents and the time that God has given us to make a difference in the lives of other people. And if you've been coming for any time at all, every weekend someone gets up here and says, you should do that. (laughs) And it takes humility to eventually say, yeah, I'm gonna do that. So I want to challenge some of us who maybe are in this place in our lives where we're going, I want to go further. I want to get, whether it's in our faith or our career, our relationships, we want more of what God has for us. Are we willing to do what someone we trust shows us to do? So Jehoash makes this decision. He grabs the bow, grabs arrows, does what Elisha says. And then Elisha commanded, open that eastern window. And Jehoash opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. So he shot an arrow. Elisha proclaimed, watch this, this is the Lord's arrow. It's an arrow of victory over Aram, for you will completely conquer the Arameans at Aphek. Now, I know there's a lot going on there. Here's all you need to know. For the sake of this message, the Arameans are Israel's enemies. They've been invading their land. They've been persecuting them, oppressing the people of God. 
And Elisha tells Jehoash, I want you to open this window in the direction of your enemy, shoot this arrow out the window, and when he does, Elisha says, hey, that's not just any arrow, that's God's arrow. It's an arrow of victory. You're going to totally take out the Arameans. You're going to completely conquer your enemy. You're coming out from under this oppression and persecution. You're going to be someone that God works through to do something amazing. God is on your side. Did you know that we all are given arrows in life? And we all shoot those arrows. We all take chances. We all seize opportunities. We all make decisions. All of us do throughout our lives. We make good decisions. We make some decisions that are not so good. But we're going to fire our arrows in life. But it makes all the difference when you know you're shooting the Lord's arrow. Just makes all the difference. When you know God's with me and ultimately I can't fail. I may fail in the moment, I may fail in a season, but ultimately, all things are going to work together for my good because I'm called by God, I'm living according to his purpose, and I'm shooting the Lord's arrow. Listen, if you don't know Jesus in a real way yet, this is one of the benefits, that you could live with this confidence, knowing that there's a power in your life that doesn't come from yourself It doesn't come from right circumstances. It doesn't just come from luck. It comes from God living inside of you. And you can know, you can wake up every day knowing that you are firing the Lord's arrow. You can know. This doesn't mean that the battles will be easy, by the way. But you can know God's with me. Doesn't mean you won't get discouraged. Doesn't mean you won't have moments when you don't really want to shoot the arrow that God's leading you to shoot. But it does mean that when you're firing the Lord's arrows, when you're living in the purpose of God for your life, it just makes all the difference in your confidence and in the ultimate hope that everything's going to be okay. So how do we know if we're firing the Lord's arrows or if we're just firing our arrows? When I asked uh, Lori out with that necklace, I was firing one of my arrows. That was not the Lord's arrow. (laughs) So how do we know? We know when we're listening to what God's saying to us through his word, through teaching like this, through community with other followers of Jesus, through prayer, through his presence in our lives. We're not always going to get perfect. We're not always going to get every detail right. But when we're leaning into what we know God is speaking to us, when we let God put his hand on our hands, We don't just get up and say, I'm grabbing the bow, I'm shooting the arrow. We say, God, I want you to put your hand on my hands. I want you to put your blessing on my decisions. I want to live my life in a way that honors you. Then our arrows become arrows of victory because God is with us. So, so far, so good. But watch this next part. This work is really interesting. Then Elisha said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. But the man of God, Elisha, was angry with him. You should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you will be victorious only three times. Watch this. Elisha tells Jehoash, open the window fire that arrow out. He puts his hand on the king's hand. It's a good moment. They're in this together. Elisha says, it's God's arrow. You're going to be victorious. But then 
He says, we're not done, Jehoash. What I want you to do now is I want you to pick up the rest of the arrows. So I don't want you to think that just one decision is enough. I want you to go all in, get the rest of the arrows, and I want you to bang those arrows against the ground. So Jehoash grabs the arrows and goes, Not an archer, okay? So, <laughs> to which Elisha says, Jehoash, what are you doing? What's up with that? You should have kept going. When I said grab the rest of the arrows, after I just declared that the Lord was with you, that this was the arrow of the Lord's victory, man, you should have been so fired up that you grabbed all the other arrows and you just went to town. When I told you strike the ground, I mean, you should have gone until I told you, stop, that's enough. You should have gone all in. Let me ask you, have you ever given half an effort to something and regretted it later? In hindsight, you thought, you know, I should have gone all in. If you're new to this faith thing, you can take a pass on this next part. But I want to challenge all of us who are not new to this faith thing. For all of us who've been following Jesus for a little while, is it possible that in this season, even headed into this season of summer that we're headed into, is it possible that God is calling us out right now? He loves us. He cares about us. He wants to put his hand on our hands. He wants to put his blessing on our lives, but he hates to see us just with our lives. He hates to see us just call it in. Instead, he wants us to go all in. Why? Because he has more for us. There was more victory. There was more blessing. There was more of the favor of God for Jehoash's life. But he stopped short because he didn't want to take the risk. Listen, as we head into this season especially, I think it's important right now for all of us to know that we don't have to fill our summer with should-haves. This does not have to be a summer of should-haves for us. That's what Elijah says to Jehoash. You should have. The moment's gone now. But you should have. What if you decided to get closer to God this summer? What if you decide, you say it's not even summer yet. I know, but it's almost summer. And it's about to start feeling like summer. And we're all about to start acting like it's summer. What if you decided that you were going to get closer to God this summer? What if you decided right now that you would not end this summer with a should have in your spirit? But instead you could end it with, I did. I went all in. Why does Elisha get so angry? I mean, how is poor Jehoash supposed to know how many times to strike the arrows? Well, if you knew his life, you would know that he has a pattern of being half in, half out with God. Did you know it's not usually one missed opportunity that causes us to miss out on what God has for us? It's our patterns. It's the day in and day out consistent missing of the opportunities that God has put in front of us. 
So there's a decision we've got to make. Are we going to be the kind of people who give God our everything every day? Hope I don't break these arrows. That would be, <laughs> be bad. We're going to be the people, the kind of people who give God our everything every day, who keep praying, believing, serving, giving, forgiving, inviting, persisting, trusting, or are we going to be the kind of people who just half-heartedly tap a few times, just kind of half in, half out, God, I'll give you a little bit, but I'm just not going to take the risk. Are we just going to go part way with God and call it enough, or are we going to go all in. You don't have to fill your summer with should-haves. Listen, you don't have to treat these last few weeks of school like a hassle. You can see them as an opportunity to excel. You don't have to treat your kids getting ready to be out of school like an interruption. You can see it as an opportunity to connect with them. You don't have to treat your job this summer as just a means to an end you can see it as an opportunity to bring the light of Jesus into the darkness of people's lives. And you don't have to treat your faith like just to call it in, check it off, religious tradition. You can see it as an opportunity to get closer to God. He has more for you. But you gotta do more than just tap the arrows a few times. You gotta go all in. You got to go, God, I'll stop when you say stop, but I'm trusting you to bless my life. I'm going to take the risk. Now, why does this matter? Why does it really matter if we go all in with God? Here's why. Jehoash defeated Ben-Hadad on three occasions, and he recovered the Israelite towns. Now, if we didn't know the backstory this would be a great verse. Jehoash defeated his enemy three times. <laughs> like this would be an exciting verse, right? The only problem is we know the backstory. It could have been more. That's the problem. Jehoash did the minimum. So he got the minimum. Listen, he's not a mediocre king because he only defeated his enemy three times. He's a mediocre king because it could have been more. It should have been more. Listen, God is not holding you to some impossible standard of what you can't do. He is holding you to the standard of what you can do through Christ who gives you strength. He's not asking you to measure up to anyone else. He's inviting you by his grace this summer to measure more up to the person he has given you the power to become. Jehoash, you should have. Good news, we don't have to fill our summer with should-haves. And Jesus lived this out. Jesus was the Lord's arrow, fired into this world, not to destroy us, but to save us. We were the enemies of God. But Jesus came into this world and he went all in for us. He went to a cross and he died to forgive our sins and he rose again with power over death and sin and everything that threatens us and tells us it's going to be the end of us. He did all of that to save us. And now God calls us to go all in with Jesus in response to what God 
has done for us through Jesus. In fact, listen to these words from the New Testament. Remember, the New Testament is everything from Jesus on. So now we are God's masterpiece, and he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So we can go all in. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Listen, when we surrender our lives to Jesus, God recreates us on the inside. All things new. Why? So we can finally start living the life he planned for us to live. So we can do the good things that he called us to do. Live this all-in life. Strike the ground. Give our all. Leave it all in the field every day through faith in God. In other words, you don't have to fill your summer with should-haves. God has more for you. So take the risk this summer. Trust God. Do the good things that he has planned for you to do. Go all in with your faith. Come to Plugged In. Lead that J group. Raise your kids to know Jesus this summer. Give generously. Get to know your neighbor. Forgive that parent. Recommit to that marriage that's been struggling. Spend time with God every day. Take the risk because God is placing his hand on your hands. And he's inviting you, he's inviting all of us to go all in with him. When I was in sixth grade, I thought I was in love. It turns out, Lori was not the Lord's arrow for me. <laughs> she was not the one. I bought her that necklace, took the risk, went all in with my hardly earned money. <laughs> and she turned me down. But do I look embarrassed? Do I look ashamed? Do I look like I regret it? No, I'd be embarrassed to tell you I didn't try. And it turns out, now I wasn't good at discerning the Lord's arrow yet, but it turns out that moment was great practice for when I met Susie, my wife, which is working out just fine. <laughs> Lori. <laughs> going to get an email this week. <laughs> that moment of taking a risk, I don't regret. And I think over the long term in our lives, if we're going to have regrets, they're not going to be the moments we went all in and it didn't work. They're going to be the seasons when we felt like we should have gone all in and we didn't, so we'll never know. Don't live a should have life this summer. God has more for you. Take all the arrows God has put in your life, all the opportunities and all the problems. Strike the ground with faith until God says, stop. Now, I'm gonna lead us in prayer and uh, then I have something very important I wanna share with you. So I want you to stay tuned about how we can do this as a church this summer. But if you receive this today, if you would say, hey, I don't want to fill my summer with should-haves. I want to live with big faith in God this summer. I want to go all in with Jesus. I wonder all over the room, all of our locations, would you just lift a hand, hold it up high and boldly. If you'd say, that's me, I want to go all in with God this summer. And then would you open your heart up big to God with me? And let me pray that over us. Father, we love and honor you today. God, I thank you for 
so many people that this weekend are going to say, I'm, I'm leaning back into my relationship with God. I want to go all in with my faith. I don't want to live a life of should-haves, and I'm making the decision I'm not going to have a summer of should-haves. That maybe while everyone else is kind of backing away, I'm going to be the person who leans in. I pray for somebody right now who, who needs to lean back in, God, who has become maybe a little bit passive because they've been burned. But God, that they would have the faith today to trust you again and to believe you again and to go all in with you again. We thank you for it and honor you for it, God. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And while you let God speak to your heart for a moment more, I wanna take this, this next moment and just speak to any of us, any of you who are in the room or you're watching online and you have not said yes to following Jesus yet. You haven't gone all in with a relationship with God. If that's you today, I want you to know this. Today does not have to become another should've in your life spiritually. If God's drawing you to him, take that step. Surrender your life to Jesus. Give it all over to him and begin following him. And you'll find that God gives you the power to live a new kind of life. So I'm gonna lead us in prayer again. And then if that's you, during this moment, all of us are gonna open our hearts up to God again. And if that's you, and you wanna put your faith in Jesus, pray with me. I'll give you some words you can use if that helps you, but pray with faith from your heart. So open up your heart to God with me again, everybody, all of our locations. And then if that's you today and you wanna begin following Jesus, right where you are, whisper out a prayer of faith, something like this. Jesus, today, I put my faith in you. I believe you died to forgive my sins. I'm turning from the life I've lived without you to follow you. Save me today and give me the power to live a new life. And if that's you, while everyone around you stays focused on God, if you would say, I wanna be included in that prayer, I'm putting my faith in Jesus today. I wanna begin following him. All of our locations, would you just lift that hand and hold it up boldly? Some of our pastors will just be looking around the room. They just wanna see that hand, acknowledge it in their hearts, be praying for you. If you're online, you can type the word faith in the comments right now. And let us know you're taking that step. Journey, I'm so excited about what God is doing in the life of our church right now. We have seen God do amazing things so far this year. Hundreds of people putting their faith in Jesus. We just baptized 175 people across our locations a couple of weeks ago. And I know it's because of you. You're praying, you're believing, you're asking God for big things, you're serving in big ways, and you're setting the stage. Thank you for being a part of it. This summer... We have an opportunity to set the stage for God to do even more in what we call Journey City, a 30-mile radius around our broadcast location in Newark. We have an opportunity during these summer months to just get ready for what God wants to do in our church in the coming months and years. Here's what I know about summer. It's coming, and I know for some of you are going, it's not summer yet, but it's about to be. It's the summer season. And during summer, people go on vacation, people head to the beach for the weekend, which I think is fantastic. I'm about to go on vacation this week with my family. I recommend you take a vacation. We all like you better when you vacation. All right, so <laughs> take a break, get some time away. But here's what I know, 16 years since Susie and I started the church, and that means 16 summers, there will be more empty seats at our locations over the next few months, and that's okay. But over the past few months, we have been growing like crazy, which means this fall, will be full again. So this summer, we have an opportunity as a church to fire some arrows. We have an opportunity 
to make room for more. So at your seat today, there is a commitment card. It looks like this. And this is an opportunity. If you're online, but you usually gather in person, uh, your host is going to drop a link to a digital version in the chat right now. But this is an opportunity to make a commitment to help us as a church make room for more. And it's based on where you live and gather. So I want to take a couple of minutes and walk you through this. And then I want to encourage you to make one of these three commitments this weekend. First, if you're a part of our Newark location, I want to ask you to help us make room for more by making the switch to Saturdays this summer. So if you already gather on Saturdays, good news, you're good. You don't even have to fill in a card. But if you usually gather on Sundays, here's what's been happening. We've been running out of parking the last few months, especially during our 1030 gathering, which is when a lot of people come here for the first time. People are looking for hope, looking for God. And we want to make room for more. So can you make the switch? Try it this summer. If you usually come on Sunday, try it for a few weeks, see what happens, come on Saturdays. We have new Saturday gathering times starting next Saturday. Come check it out. Let's make room for more. Second one is, if you're a part of our Hocassin location, you have an opportunity to help us make room for more by investing in as many people as you can this summer, investing in those relationships with friends and neighbors and coworkers, and then inviting them to church. Now, they may not even come this summer because they're on vacation. But plant the seeds, fire the arrows, start building those relationships so that this fall, when those people are kind of settling back into some of their normal routines, church becomes a part of that. Strike your arrows on the ground, go all in at Hokassen. And then third, if you attend any of our locations or if you're gathering online right now and you live in or near Middletown, I'm asking you to help us make room for more by joining the Middletown launch team. This is the group of people who are committing to gather, connect, and serve in Middletown when we launch. So check that box and we'll follow up and we'll tell you how. I wanna invite you again across our locations to make one of these commitments this summer. I want you to make some commitments for your own life this summer to get closer to God, everything I just preached about. But then I wanna invite you to take one more step and help us as a church, as a community of faith, make room for more so that this fall, when it comes in a few months, we can grow like crazy, more people finding Jesus and following him fully. So fill in that card, help us fire more arrows. You can drop that in one of our connect boxes. You can take it to Journey Central before you leave. Let's not fill our summer with should-haves as a church. Let's make room for more. And one more time, everybody, will you help me? Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Would you give him all the praise? Wow, what an incredible message from Pastor Mark, right? I don't know about you guys, but I certainly don't want fall to come around and for me to have said should have during the summer. So I hope it was encouraging to you. If you just put your faith in Jesus for the first time, we wanna celebrate you. It's an incredible moment. And we also wanna equip you for what's next. So if you take that connect card that I talked about at the beginning of the gathering, you fill that out, Mark, put your faith in Jesus. Take that out to Journey Central after this gathering. We have a new believer's Bible to help equip you in your slot and your spot, your time and place with God. Now this is the first weekend of the month, which for us signifies giving our first or giving back our ten, first 10% to God. And I've seen it time and time again, that act of spiritual obedience, of giving our first, God blesses our finances in ways that you can never imagine. But I realize that sometimes talking about money, thinking about money, and relinquishing control of our money can be a little bit tough. I'm in the same boat. 
So when that happens to me, I like to pray over scripture. Um, there's a, a scripture in the book of Luke in the New Testament of the Bible that I'd like to share with you that kind of helps encourage me sometimes. And it says, give and you will receive. Your gift will be paid back in full, pressed down and shaken together to make room for more, pouring out onto your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount that you receive back. And for me, this is such an encouraging verse that helps to remind me of God's faithfulness throughout my life and especially in my finances. So if you feel led to give today, I wanna to encourage you to text GIVETJ to 94,000, or you'll see some ways up on the screen. And we just heard Pastor Mark talk a little bit about making room for more. So if you haven't done so already, I wanna encourage you to grab this commitment card. It's in the seat back in front of you right next to that Connect card and fill that out with one of the commitments that you wanna to make today, whether it's gathering on Saturdays, it'll be fun, four and 5.30, 5.30 online. Or if you want to gather at our Hocassin location, if you haven't checked it out, it's incredible. If you live in that Hocassin area, I encourage you to check that out. Or you have the option, if you live in the Middletown area, to join our launch team. I know Pastor James and his family are building an incredible team, and it's amazing to see what God is going to be doing in our Middletown location in just a couple of months. So I mentioned this on the front end, but I would love for you to go check out Plugged In before you leave here today. See what it's like to find your place and your part here in our community of faith. This is an incredible church, and you're gonna wanna be more involved if you haven't been already. It's gonna be in the theater, and it starts right after this gathering ends. So I hope you guys had a great experience here today. I hope you have a great week and enjoy the journey. <laughs>